This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. It's Friday morning, two days before the Super Bowl, and one night uh, or one morning after the NFL Awards. Um, Patrick Mahomes wins MVP yesterday, but Justin Jefferson wins Offensive Player of the Year. Um, so before we talk about the Super Bowl, I just want to give some shout outs to the Vikings who who took home some hardware yesterday. Justin Jefferson, the only one who who wins an actual award. I think Adam Thielen was nominated for man of the year. That ended up going mm-hmm. to Dak Prescott. Um, Dalvin Cook nominated for some, I think it was like a sportsmanship award. I don't know what it is. Okay. Um, Clayus Campbell wins that award. So Justin Jefferson, the only one who walks away with some hardware yesterday, but well-deserved and, and, he was the odds on favor to win it. So obviously he did. Yeah, no, he should. I mean, I think, I think it's worth mentioning, right? He won it over Mahomes, won it over Hertz, um, even Tariq Hill, who, which that one's more of a straight up comparison. So I think he should win that one, but you know, you have the two Super Bowl quarterbacks, right? Who drove winning for both mm-hmm. teams. Uh, Mahomes in his case. I mean, I remember we were talking before the Cincinnati game. And I'm like, well, there's no way after I saw that injury that he'd be able to pull off a victory against a team he's lost to three times in a row. Mahomes is Mahomes, did his thing. And and Jalen Hurts put into a tough spot. Really good roster. Lots of pressure for that team to win. He's stepped up. So, you know, as much as I think we kind of take some of the Jefferson stuff for granted, like if you are, if your goal next year is can I beat Calvin Johnson's NFL record for receiving yards, right? That's his next Next goal. And when he nonchalantly, like I'll never forget the graphic came up when he passed Randy Moss's record, right? Which is the thing he was most upset about at the end of 21. Um, It just flashed on the screen after like a random reception early in the Giants regular season game. And I was like, well, that seems about right. That like, yeah, all right. He passed Randy Moss's record. You know what I mean? And so, you know, we shouldn't take for granted what uh, Jefferson's doing and what he's probably capable of doing. Assuming he stays healthy, you know, given his age and given um if you're gonna pay him that much money the offense is gonna be oriented around him so i don't know still exciting given uh given he beat out two quarterbacks he kind of mentioned in his acceptance speech you know there there's more to come um and and then there is more to come like Mm -hmm. i think it's pretty obvious um 50 people voted for that media members um justin jefferson garnered 35 of the first place vote so he's getting his respect um I, i think it's it's safe to if you want to call him the number one receiver in the league you're, you're kind of mm-hmm. splitting hairs with anyone in the top five. Um, yeah. Any given week or any given month, um, a, a new guy can can emerge. But right now, Jefferson, I think, has the crown. Um, he finished fifth place in, in, in MVP voting, too, which I think speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've talked a little bit about that on this pod. But, like, that's a quarterback award. And, and if you're getting even in, in the conversation of, of, of finalists, like, yeah, that's an accomplishment in of itself. So he's getting that respect he deserves. Um, and, and you know, like like he said, um, there's more to come. There definitely is. Uh, Kevin O'Connell wins, uh, you know, he, sixth place in, in coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Dable, Tom's guy, um, wins coach of the yeah, year. Yeah, so yeah. I was a little surprised by that, um, but it's it certainly deserved. I thought they would just give it to Nick Sirianni because yeah. his team – won the most games and was the best team for the duration of the season. But Brian Dable did a phenomenal job, did a lot with a little this year in, in New York. Um, the fact that Dable's one and O'Connell is six 
you, you kind of lose me there a little bit because I think they had pretty comparable seasons. Um, but I think there's no arguing that that Brian Dable got more out of his roster in, in terms of what he had in place and what he was able to help elevate. I think that award to me, and I guess this isn't by definition, but like who surprised you, right? You know, like right. if, if, and granted this is, this tends to happen, right? They'll be like, well, how did this coach get fired three years after he was coach of the year? And you're like, well, he overachieved in his first year and then struggled when there was expectations to play a harder schedule. It's, it's like not that complicated. Um, but I do think the the narrative matters with that. And like with Dayball, and I guess why I put him over Connell is like, I just didn't think Daniel Jones had anything. And like, yeah. now he's going to get a contract extension. Like we were before the Giants regular season game. I remember we were trying to name players on their roster. This is a team in New York with history behind it. Great ownership, um, you know, whatever. And it's like, also an NFC team, you know what I mean? And like, I was like, oh, there's Daniel Jones. And didn't they have that receiver from Buffalo and Barkley, Saquon Barkley. And like, he did a lot with that. And I, I assume this translates, right? I mean, he had coached for Buffalo, which is a really talented team. Mm -hmm. um, I think he just knows kind of the stuff around the margins in terms of like manages the clock well and whatever, getting the play in is a basic thing. But it seems like he doesn't make the mistakes that like other coaches do. And, and it is kind of a football whiz, right? So I think he's the full deal. I think what held O'Connell back is like, what they did was so unexpected, but the narrative all year was when does the shoot drop, right? When do you lose a one score game? And as you got closer and closer, and it's not like they really ever improved on the margin of those games, you're like, well, this could happen when it matters most. And it did, right? You know what I mean? If straight up between the two, Dayball was the coach who won that game and then ran into the buzzsaw, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think in, in the case of O'Connell, I do think he deserves more in this. Like, I this is not coincidental. It's not as though, like, they just got a lucky 11 times. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's situational mastery. Now they created this problem for themselves with bad defense by not scoring enough. There's still more you could do to maximize Jefferson or whatever, but like um, considering like the circumstance he walked into a culture, he had to completely revamp whole new coaching staff. I mean, again, it's, he hired Donatel, but this old defense that wasn't very good um, and, and broke down towards the end of the season. And the fact, like, you think of the Hawkinson thing, that's a lot on him, right? Hawkinson, within four days, learned enough offense to be productive in Washington. But he did just integrate a really important player, like, in the middle of a season. And you had to you had to do something with that trade because you screwed up all your draft capital. That's obviously the nature of the trade. So, um, I don't know. I do think O'Connell deserved more. He was not going to be coach of the year, in my mind, unless he had to win a playoff game. And I think he almost had to show something in the second one. And again, like my impression coming away from the second round on up, I was like, the Vikings are not close to this team. So again, Connell really accomplished in his first year, but still has a lot to do in terms of getting those teams to the championship standard. He's trying to set. Absolutely. Um, took a big step in that obviously earlier this week, hiring Brian and Brian Flores. Um, so we'll see foundations in place. If you're not winning coach of the year, really doesn't matter where you finish, but sixth place in the voting kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I think but I digress. Well, and one thing I noticed, like we had talked about pre-show, like Thielen, who obviously did not win an award, but he got a lot of airtime on first take. So I guess yeah. this is why it comes to mind. He, he had said something like, you know, they probably learned some of the wrong answers from, mm -hmm. from these one-score games, right? And it's a, it's a little interesting given he's in a weird spot, right? I mean, he's, as everyone knows from here, walked on the team, played for the Minnesota Vikings forever. But we don't know his future, right? We don't know what he'd accept in terms of if they restructure the contract. Um, we don't know what he's going to be like as a slot receiver as he gets into his thirties. But I do think 
this was a valid point is like it did seem like as much as I think the offense evolved a little bit or whatever, the biggest knock on O'Connell, which is tough given he won 13 games after mm-hmm. going 500, but the biggest knock was like, you just didn't see the evolution, right? It was almost this. I remember I asked him after they lost in the playoffs, like, did it feel abrupt? And he said it did. And I was like, I mean, that's because you, you guys almost kind of assumed you'd just pull out these one score games. Right. And he did, he did a good work. You know, we, we'd watch his like post game stuff. He did a good job with the culture, make these guys feel good about themselves. And it wasn't the Zimmer kind of almost overly workmanlike, right? Like, Hey, we got to practice tomorrow. And you're like, we can't mm-hmm. acknowledge that you just won a game on a field goal or whatever. Right. But the flip side is like, I do think they almost kind of took for granted that, Hey, as long as we get it with one within one score, we'll win the game. 